Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just so convinced, church, that every time, whether it's at home or in person in a gathering, every time we open up the scriptures and we position our hearts to hear from the Lord and to rediscover Jesus in a greater and more intimate way, God will answer that prayer. He wants to show us his truth. He wants to continue to unveil Jesus and all that he has for us. So lean in with me today if you would. Let's look at 3 John chapter 2. Uh, we're going to pull that up on the screen, 3 John 2. I want us to look at that, and I want us to read it together, 3 John 2. And this is out of the New King James Version, so you might have one that reads a little bit different, but just so we can be all on the same page, would you read this with me nice and loud together? Ready? Read. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's our theme text for a series that we started two weeks ago, and we're calling it Let's Talk About Wellness. God wants you well, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. How about this one? Relationally, vocationally. He cares about your career. And financially, that's a lot. And I, and, I, and I specifically listed all of those because I think if we're not careful, we somehow think, oh, God's only concerned if I come to church and read my Bible. He is concerned about that, but he's concerned about every area of your life. There isn't an area of your life or my life that he isn't concerned about, that he doesn't want you to experience wellness to a greater degree. Now, this particular text, we discovered that it's a greeting, but I am totally convinced that this is the character and the heart of God for his people, for everybody, really. And we notice that there's some powerful words here. That word prosper, just to recap, it's not talking about just making a lot of money. That's not the objective when he says that God wants you to prosper. That word prosper just means to do well in your journey in life, to do well in the pathway that you take, to be successful in your endeavors in life. And that word health is specifically referring to your physical body. It comes from the Greek word hugiano, where we get the English word hygiene or hygienic. And it's talking about being sound in physical body. And the word soul is the Greek word suke, where we get our English word psychiatry or psychologist. And it's talking about the inner workings of your mind, your will, and your emotions. God wants you to be healthy and well in your mind and in your will and your emotions. And I want to go out on a limb here and say this. I want you to notice that it says that you're going to prosper in all things and be in health physically just as, or at the same level as, or to the degree of the prosperity or the well-being of your soul. How many of you believe that your life moves in the directions of your mind and your will and your emotions? It's very possible to be a Christian and not realize that God wants for me to renew my mind, to renew the way I think and how I think. He wants me to think after him 
and his word and his spirit. And this is saying to the degree that we renew our minds, our souls, our wills, our emotions, that's going to begin to go from the inside to the outside and it begins to affect all of those areas of your life that I mentioned. But if we don't realize that, if we don't pay any attention to the inside, then we're just working on the outside and we'll never get to the place of wellness that God has for us as his people. If you agree with that, say amen. The title of today's message, message number two, is simply this. Wellness flows from a well. Will you say it with me, church? Wellness flows from a well. I think I've used this analogy before, but it's pretty fitting. Uh, I'm from California originally, and we had water there. It was city water. It was piped in from the city. And then we had our first house here in Charlotte. We had water there. Thank God. It was city water. It was piped in. We had to pay for it. It didn't come with the house. If we didn't pay for the water, we didn't get any water because the water didn't belong to us. We had to pay extra for the water. And then five years ago, uh, we discovered that there are still some houses in the earth that have well water. How many of you have well water? Anybody here, right? A couple, just Peggy and myself. We have well water. We got over here and I, I saw this concrete structure and I said, what's that sticking up out of the earth? Oh, that's, that's where your well is. My what? You're, you know you're not in California anymore when you got a well, right? So I realized, well, okay, we're country. We got a well. We're not really country, but we got a well. And so I said, so how much does that cost me? Oh, that doesn't cost you anything. As long as the pump is working and the pipes are working and you pay your electrical bill, you can use as much water as you want. I don't have to pay extra for the water. No, the water belongs to you. It came with the house. So the well that's on my property came with the purchase of my house. And I have access to the water that's in the well on my property. The only thing that I need to do is to make sure that everything that accesses the water is working so that it can be drawn up so that I can benefit from the water well that's on my property. It's kind of like that for you and I in salvation. See, when you got saved, you stepped into a well of salvation. And because of what Jesus did through his death and his burial and his resurrection, he drilled for you. He put in all of the pipes. He paid your electrical bill forever and ever and ever all you got to do is begin to pump on that so that you can begin to receive and access all of the benefits of wellness that are available to you in the well of salvation. Jesus talks a little bit about that in John chapter 4. And I just want to use that kind of as a starting point for today's message. Jesus was thirsty. In John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, he's having this conversation with the woman. And he tells her this, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. He was referring to a physical well, because that's where they were at drawing water. But he said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water. The King James Version says a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Somebody say supernatural. See, this is a supernatural well of benefits and wellness that Jesus paid for you and I to have. All we have to do is learn how to draw on that well, access that well, drill for that water of refreshing. And he says everlasting life. And I just want to caution us Absolutely, it refers to going to heaven and it refers to spending eternity with God. But so many times as Christians, we limit what God wants to do ultimately to heaven and we discount 
the benefits of wellness and salvation that he's made available to us while we're here on earth. And that salvation well has benefits that are made available for every one of those areas that I mentioned. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, vocationally, and financially. He cares about every single area in your life. And so Jesus is telling this woman, listen, if you'll put your trust in me, if you'll believe in me, there's a spiritual well that is always available to quench areas of life that become dry and thirsty and will move you closer and closer to wellness. And that's God's heart for us. Now, we pick up some of this water and living water and accessing the waters of the well in John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, probably a couple of years later, verses 37 through 39, the Bible tells us that God's people were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was a time when God's people celebrated God's provision and God's care and God's miracles for them in between Egypt and Canaan. They were in the wilderness and they had these temporary booths. And at this time in Jesus' day, they had like a week-long celebration. And most theologians believe that the priests, the spiritual leaders of the day, during the celebration, every day they would take these pitchers and they would draw water from a nearby stream and they would walk it over to the temple and they would pour the water out on the temple while the people would recite Isaiah 12.3. And Isaiah 12.3 says, With joy... You will draw from the wells of salvation. And it typified Jesus Christ being with them through the rock that supplied the never-ending amount of water that God's people needed in the wilderness. Now, this is happening, and we pick that up in John 7, 37. And in the middle of all of this, Jesus stands up on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Notice this connecting verse. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, Jesus hadn't been crucified. He hadn't been buried. He hadn't resurrected, and he hadn't ascended at that time. But how many believe that's behind us now? And he has sent the Holy Spirit. So this is a powerful, powerful text. If you have a Bible, I want you to pick up on two words here, okay? The first one, it says in verse 38, he who believes in me as the scripture has said, scripture, underline or highlight the word scripture, capital S in my Bible. In the Greek, this is graphe, G-R-A-P-H-E or F-E, graphe. It's where we get our English word, autograph or autobiography and what it's saying is the scripture is God's handiwork the scripture is God's substance the scripture is written by God and Jesus is saying anyone who believes in me as the scripture has said there are so many prophetic scriptures leading up to the day of Jesus and he's saying if you believe in me as the scripture has said out of your heart is going to flow rivers of living water. And he's not just talking about salvation. Very specifically, he says that this he spoke concerning the Spirit. So if you have a Bible and you want to highlight or underline the word Spirit. Scripture and Spirit. And here's the first point that I want us to land on this morning. If you have a sermon guide, here's a fill in the blank. Number one, wellness flows from the wells of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. 
Would you say that with me? Would you read it with me, church? Wellness flows from the wells of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. See, everything that you need to discover about the ongoing wellness that are available to you in the well of salvation will flow from God's Word, the Scriptures, in connection and partnership with the illuminating, miraculous power of the Holy Spirit revealing the Scriptures to you and working that out in your life. And we have to understand this. I know that many of us, especially if we've been in church for many years, we have a working head knowledge of this. But God wants to get it down into a relational, everyday working knowledge because this has the ability to move you and I closer and closer to the wellness that God has for us. See, when we sit down and we're reading the Bible, the living Word of God and the Holy Spirit partners with the living Word of God, He begins to work on the inside of you, supernaturally moving you into a greater revelation, a greater faith, and a greater knowledge of Jesus Christ and what He's made available to us in these wells of salvation. And so it's so important that we understand that wellness flows from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. That's how we access the wellness that God has for us. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit working together deep on the inside of you. Starting on the inside, but then eventually begins to affect the way you live. The way you relate, the way you handle finances, the way you carry yourself on the job, the way that you interact with your neighbors. It affects how you see yourself. It affects how you see your future. It affects how you see your career. It affects how you, 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 you think and process. That's where it starts. It starts in the well of the word and the well of the spirit. This is why it's so important we understand that the, the unseen spiritual realm is just as real as what you can see in the natural realm. And if we could understand that, we would begin to ask the Lord to give us a greater hunger and a greater desire for His Word and His Spirit working on the inside of us. Let me just encourage you and remind you, once you got born from heaven born again, something supernatural happened on the inside of you, and now you have the supernatural ability of the Holy Spirit to see spiritual things that Jesus has made available to you and for you in a fresh new way. Before that happened, you couldn't see what God has for you. Let me show you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This isn't going to be on the screen, so I need you to take your Bible or your app. And I just want to show you a couple of things in connection to the fact that wellness flows from the well of God's Word and God's Spirit working together in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 9, it says, But as it is written, and that's referring to a text in the Old Testament, I think it's Isaiah 64, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for those who love him. In other words, you and I on our best day in our own natural capability, our own natural capacity, we don't have any way to mine the depths of the well of salvation and the well of goodness and well-being that God has for us apart from his help. We can't. Thank God he didn't leave us there. Look at verse 10. But God, somebody say those two words with me, come on. But God has revealed them to us, how? Through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Why? For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. He's saying, 
obvious. You understand that nobody knows things like you know things. It's the same for God. Nobody knows the things of God like the Spirit of God. And that's what he's trying to get across here. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So when we mine the riches of the word, we have the promise from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is partnering with us and he's unveiling, he's revealing, he's teaching, he's showing us more and more of Jesus and what's been made available to us through the finished work of Jesus. Amen, church? This is so, so powerful, and I want for us to catch that. Did you know that the Bible talks about leaning into spiritual things somewhat to the degree like people lean into physical things when it comes to exercise? Let me show you in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's writing to a young pastor. His name is Timothy. He's encouraging him because he's got a hard assignment. He's got a hard assignment to keep truth front and center because there's people that are trying to uh, disrupt the truth of the scriptures. He's trying to organize the church. He's a young pastor, and Timothy is being encouraged by Paul. And in 1 Timothy 4, 7, the back half in verse 8, the Bible says this. Paul's instructing him. Exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things. Somebody say all things. All things. Having promise of the life that now is. And of that which is to come. Man, that is such a powerful verse. I would highlight that. I would underline that. If you have your Bible, look at it. He's saying, listen, you know, there's, there's profit in exercising physically. I need to remember that every time I don't want to go for a jog. There is profit in exercising physically. But he says, listen, you need to exercise yourself towards godliness because exercising towards godliness, living as a man of God, thinking as a man of God, thinking as a man of God, a woman of God. He said, listen, that's profitable for all things. Remember 3 John 2? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And this verse is telling us that when we exercise ourselves towards godliness, it's beneficial. It's profitable for all things. Notice this. This is amazing. It's not just profitable for when you get to heaven and you cross the pearly gate. He says it has promise of the life that now is. Come on, somebody. That's good news. Promise of the life that now is. That's the present life of grace that God's placed on your life. And of that which is to come. That's the eternal future life of glory that we'll spend with him for eternity. But God cares about your everyday living, everyday functioning life here now in the earth. He cares about that. And he's saying, listen, if you'll just exercise yourself towards godliness, it'll be promising to you. It'll be beneficial to you. That word exercise, it, it's gumnazo. It's a weird word in the Greek, gumnazo. But it's interesting. G-Y-M. What does that spell? Gym. Gumnazo. G-Y-M-N-A-Z-O. Gumnazo. And when Paul was, was writing that to Timothy, Timothy knew. Because the gumnazo was the place where the Greeks would go and train it was like the modern, or, or it was like our modern day uh, gym. And that was the place where they went and they trained and they wrestled and they honed their, their physical muscles and they honed their physical skills. And so he knew, he's saying, okay, what you're saying is like we train physically in the gumnazo for our physical bodies. You want me to train 
spiritually in the gumnazo to train my spirit man. Amen? That's what he's saying. And if you'll do that, if you'll lean into that, it'll be beneficial to you. Here's the second point that I want to make this morning real clearly. If I learn to surrender and submerge myself in God's word and his spirit, wellness will flow. And, and in, my, in my text, I, I capitalize just the word learn. Because I want you to hear me, church. I love you. I love you. And one of my roles as a pastor is to help you learn to surrender and submerge yourself in the word and in the spirit. And it's not something that just happens overnight. This is an ongoing progression that we're learning. And the enemy is going to fight you and I every time we make a decision to go to the spiritual gym. He's going to do anything and everything he can to distract you from opening up the word, from surrendering your life to the word, from surrendering your life to the spirit. He's going to give you excuses. He's going to create hectic situations. He's just going to do whatever he can to keep you. Why? Because he knows that well-being is going to flow from the well of the Word and the Spirit. Every time you and I sit down to receive from God's Word, even if nothing supernatural happens in the moment, what we don't realize is that we're storing up truth. We're storing up faith. We're storing up promises. We're storing up wisdom from heaven. We're storing up instruction. And as we go throughout our day and we go throughout our week, we've got the Holy Spirit who's promised to be with us and in us. And when we come across circumstances and we come across situations and we come across decisions that need to be made, we're drawing from the well of the word and the spirit, and then we can walk rightly, we can walk towards godliness, we can make wise decisions, we can say the right things, we can make the right investments, we can hook up with the right people, but this is a result of mining that well of the word and the spirit. Just because I'm a Christian, that doesn't mean that I've got that automatically just in me. Let me rephrase that. There's a part of salvation that's in you. This well, it's in you. But, but mining the well is my part. Putting the well there was God's part. And now I mine the well. When I'm reading the scripture and I'm partnering with the spirit, I mine it. And, and this is something you learn. This is something you learn. And I, and I want to be very gracious. It takes personal will. It takes a decision. It takes effort. It's not automatic. You can sit in a church with, with, with a pastor encouraging you and teaching you and showing you and still leave and decide not to mind the well of the word and the spirit. But God won't force you. He'll lead you. He'll encourage you, but it will be up to you. Psalm 1, one of my favorite psalms, the first couple of verses. I want us to look at that real quick because it kind of goes with what we're saying. And I want to read it out of the Amplified Version. Listen to this, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Amplified, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man or the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of the scoffers or the ridiculers. Look at verse 2. On the contrary, but his or her delight, the thing that they take pleasure in, is in the law of the Lord. Now, let me just clarify. Um, we're not under Old Testament law. But contextually and principally based, this is talking about the Torah, the Old Testament scriptures that they had. So he's saying this person has a delight in the Old Testament law, the Torah, the scriptures. Notice he says, and on his law, his precepts and teachings, God's law, God's precepts and teachings for living, 
for relationship with God for every area of life, he or she habitually meditates on those scriptures, on those precepts, and on those teachings day and night. Day and night. Pastor Robert, I have to become a monk and I'm just sitting there all day. No, no, no. Don't go too far, church. This is something that will probably take you maybe 30 minutes a day. And as, as you taste and as you see and experience the Lord is good. Come on, anybody with me? That 30 minutes moves. 45 minutes maybe. An hour. I mean, if you don't got little babies, it's easier to do an hour and a half. Right? I mean, you just... You're just, just drawing on the well of the word, man, and you're, you're meditating. That word meditate, it's not talking about Eastern meditation, emptying your mind. It's mm, not talking about that. That word meditate means to mutter. It means to repeat the words over and over and over and over. You, you, you lock into a scripture. You're struggling financially. Or you're, you're just in mental anxiety and anguish, and, and you come across Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and 8, and it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's the promise. And the peace of God surpasses all your understanding, guarding your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So you're meditating on that. You're chewing on that. You're drawing on that. And little by little, what happened? The fear and the anxiety begins to dissipate, begins to go away, right? But this is something you'll have to learn to give yourself. You'll have to surrender to invest some time with the Lord in the Word and in the Spirit. You'll have to learn to submerge yourself in the Scriptures with the Lord and with the Spirit. Notice verse 3, the result of doing that. And he or she will be like a tree, firmly planted and fed by streams of water. There's that well. There's that well of God's goodness and God's blessings and God's promises and God's faith and God's strength. You're just, you're pumping on that well of wellness from God, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither and whatever he does or she does prospers and comes to maturity. See, if we want to be well in all of these areas, we have to begin to just go after the word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. Let me give you three top reasons I believe that most people don't read their Bible and as a result don't experience the flow of wellness that they could experience if they were submerging themselves and surrendering themselves to the Word and the Spirit. Three top reasons. Here they are. First, they don't think it's necessary or important. If that's you... I'm not stepping on your toes and I'm not condemning you. I'm gently suggesting that you could be suffering from apathy concerning spiritual things. Do you know what apathy is? Look it up in the dictionary. Apathy means a lack of concern, a lack of care, thinking this is not important, so I'm not going to do it. Friend, God doesn't want us to be apathetic concerning spiritual wellness. Amen. Amen. I love Pastor Robert. Here's the second reason we don't read our Bible. We don't think we need to read the Bible. Friend, if that's you or that's me, we're guilty of pride. Pride thinks I got it. I know enough about life to direct my own life the way it needs to go. God says, I think different, friend. So if you don't think you need to read the Bible, you could be guilty of pride. Pride thinks higher than it should about itself. God says he is the beginning of wisdom for all life. And when we go to him and we well the word, we're welling on the wisdom of God. Here's the third reason I think people don't read their Bible. Here's the big one. I'm not condemning. It's just something we need to be aware of. Here it is. You ready? You can't seem to find the time. The time. Friend, if that's you, you could be guilty of wrong priorities. 
wrong priorities. What did Jesus say? But seek when you have time. When everything's laid up in a row so you have time. When, it, when everything's going good in business and relationship and finances and career. And then if you have time. Is that what he said? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His way of living and his way of doing. And here's the promise. And all the other things will be added unto you. So apathy... Pride, wrong priorities. We could be guilty of that. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not going to look at anybody. I just want to ask a very thought-provoking question. Could it be a sin to not read my Bible when I know God says read your Bible? I mean, I'll be honest. I never really even thought about it that way. Let me show you a verse. This is an eye-opening verse. James 4.17. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. Friend, there's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. Commission means I've committed something that God said don't commit. I did something God said, don't do. A sin of omission is I omitted something. I left something undone. I didn't do something that God said, make sure you do this. Amen? So it's very possible. Pastor Robert, gee, that's why I don't want to come to church as often because you're, you're, you're bringing this Listen, part of my role is to speak the truth in love. So I have to be careful that I can't keep hearing my pastor encouraging me to be in the Word, to invest my time in the Scriptures, to study the Word, to meditate on the Word, to read the Word. Yes, and even to memorize some of the Word. I can't keep hearing people encouraging me to do that all my Christian walk and then make a willful decision to not do it. Amen. God loves us. He wants better for us. And he's saying, I've given you the wells in my word and in my spirit, but you'll have to make the investment. You'll have to think it's valuable and I want to do it. Let me get to some good news. Seven major wellness benefits that flow from reading the Bible. Real quick, I want to just mention them. First, it, reading the Bible, will empower you. It will empower you. Somebody say empower you ever feel drained by life? You ever feel drained and overwhelmed? Man, getting in the Word will empower you. Number two, it, reading the Bible, will instruct you. Do you ever need wisdom? Do you ever need godly counsel? Do you ever need insight? Do you ever need some good advice from a brother or sister in the Lord? You can do better than that. You can go straight to the source of instruction. And reading the word will instruct you. Number three, it will correct you. It will correct you. Reading the word of God will correct you. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, listen, you've been over here too long. You need to come back over here. That's not safe. Those people aren't safe. That place isn't safe. That habit, that thing, it's not good for you. It's not meant for you. You need to come over here. And the Holy Spirit will gently correct us from reading the Bible. From reading. Now, if you have struggle reading, there's audible Bible apps that will read to you. Praise God for technology. So, so you can still get the scriptures in your heart. Number four, it will direct you. Reading the Bible will direct you. Ever need direction? You ever need to know which way to go? You ever come to a fork in the road? You're not sure? The scriptures will give you direction. How about this? It will mature you. Somebody say amen. Do you want to grow up spiritually? Do you want to grow up emotionally? Do you want to grow up relationally? 
Reading the scriptures will grow you up. It will mature you. That word and that spirit working deep on the inside of you. I, I, I have to be honest. A lot of times when I go to the word, the, the, the Lord will put somebody on my mind and I realize, you know, I, I sinned against that person or I offended that person or I did something wrong. I need to go back. I need to apologize. And there was a time in my life when that really wasn't the case. I would just kind of wash that over. It's not a big deal. But now the word and the spirit, they're working in me and I can't, I can't let the, the light go out until I turn the light on. And he said, hey, you need to call that person and make it right. What is that? That's correction. Reading the Bible will correct you. Uh, how about this? It will prepare you. It will prepare you. Do you want to be ready for what God has for you in the future? Reading the Bible will prepare you. And last, it will enable you to fulfill your assignment. Do you want to fulfill God's will in your life? Reading the Bible will enable you to fulfill your assignment. Some of you might say, Pastor Robert, that's a big list. Seven things. It's going to do all of those things. Where does it say in the Bible it's going to do all those things? Let me show you. Can I show you? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 out of the Passion Translation. Look at it with me. One of my favorite portions of Scripture, but it's so practical. God has transmitted his very substance into every Scripture. That's this. For it, the Scripture, is God-breathed. It's the essence of God. Listen. It, the Scripture, will empower you. That's the first thing I listed out of the seven. By its instruction. That's the second thing I listed out of the seven. And correction. That's the third thing I listed out of the seven. Giving you the strength to take the right direction. That's the fifth thing I think I listed out of the seven. At least four. I don't know how to count, but I could read. And lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Remember what Paul told Timothy? Exercise yourself towards godliness. For godliness is profitable for all things. This is saying it will lead you in the path of God. Look at verse 17. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature. There's the maturity. It will mature you and perfectly prepared, prepared for or to fulfill any assignment God gives you. If you want to be prepared for any assignment God gives you, this, this will help you to be prepared. Not just preaching, being a good industrial worker, being a good leader at a, a corporation, being a great mom, being a great dad, being a great student. Whatever you find in life to do, the reading of the scriptures will prepare you for that assignment that God has for you in that season of life. He cares about every area. This, is, this isn't natural to us. This is not something we're naturally inclined to but thank God for the church and for people and for encouragement and from the Holy Spirit. We tend to focus and pay attention to natural things. Hoping that everything we do naturally will contribute to my wellness. If, if I just put a good strategy together and I, and I stress over the strategy and I, I find the right man and I find the right house and I find the right career and I just stress over the strategy and work the strategy and, and exercise and do all of these things out here. But, but don't pay attention to in here. We come up short in the wellness that God has for us. As a matter of fact, a lot of you may uh, be familiar with uh, different types of exercise equipment that's available these days. Our technology has pushed dumbbells to the technological limits. And I want us to look at a 30-second video of a NordaTrack iFit reflective mirror training system. You can buy it for a couple of thousand dollars. Let's see if you want it. Let's play it, can we? Let's get it started, y'all. Grab those dumbbells. Let's go. We're here to set you up for success. <clears throat> Stay focused. In three, two, <laughs> one, let's go. We got this. Let's go. Engage your core. Make it count. Here we go. Last set, make it your best set. Great work, I am beyond proud of you. 
What do you think? Anybody want to buy into one of those? Man, that's high tech. Way beyond just bench pressing and doing the dumbbells. Think about that. You got a mirror right in your bedroom. Uh, an iFit trainer going to talk to you and encourage you and strengthen you. And so many of our society, have they, they go out for all of that. They're going to buy whatever they can. They're going to buy the Peloton, the one on the bike with the computer right there. They even have virtual reality training exercise equipment. You put on the goggles and you put on the fake gloves and you're right there in your bedroom. And it's real, like you're exercising with the person, right? Virtual reality training. And we're just doing whatever we can to go to the extreme to take care of the exterior, the natural, the physical part. God's promise to you this morning, church, is if you'll lean into the spiritual part like these people lean into the natural part, you'll begin to just pull up from the well of wellness that God has for you and that God wants for you as his son and as his daughter of God. Man, exercise yourself towards godliness. Here's the third and final point. It's kind of wordy, but I think it's worth it. The main key... The main key to experiencing wellness in every area of life is not a matter of strategy and struggle, but of surrendering and submerging myself in the life flow of God's Word and Spirit. What do you mean, Pastor Robert? Don't leave the Word and the Spirit out of everything that you're doing in life to experience well-being. I don't know if that's you, but I've met a lot of people who really, really believe that if they could just get all of the cylinders working at the highest speeds possible and all the natural things that they're doing, career and relationship and, you know, finance and, and housing and, and significant other, if I could just work on all of those really hard and try to do really good on all of those, then I'm going to experience wellness at a really high level. Well, listen, I am all for, you know, hard work, being faithful, being a great employee, being a great student, managing your money. I believe that you have to exercise. I believe it does do some good. But I also believe that if we do all of that, and we're just stressing over our strategy, but we're leaving God out, and we're leaving the Word out, and we're leaving the Spirit out. I just believe that if we don't learn to surrender and to submerge ourselves in God's Word and God's Spirit, we're going to miss out on some of the wellness that God has for us. Friend, I know you don't want to miss out on the wellness that God has for you. You can do this. Pastor Robert, what should I do? First thing you need to do, if you haven't done it already, I asked you to do it two weeks ago. Memorize 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to memorize it. That's not true. I memorized this way before I knew I was going to be a pastor. Why? Because I was all messed up and I needed God's help and I saw God's promises and I had a pastor who said, memorize this. It's going to help you in your life. So memorize that verse. It's medicine. It's strength. It's power. It's wisdom. Here's the next thing you can do. Very practical. This is between you and God. Sit down with God this week and just begin to identify an area or two in which you want to experience a greater level of wellness. Emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, vocationally, spiritually, mentally. So many Christians are struggling mentally. COVID has affected people's wellness. Well, this is God's, this is God's medicine for wellness. $4.3 trillion industry, wellness. Why? Everybody wants to be well. But our world leaves God out. We're not going to do that, right, church? So just ask God, is there an area? And he'll show you. And then what do I do after that? Get a life journal. What is that? That's a reading plan. I have some in the back. 
And I even printed out July's reading plan. Just go by a plan. If you don't have a plan for success, you have a plan for failure. Get a reading plan. Every day of the month, it tells you what New Testament chapter to read. Just read one chapter a day. Pastor Robert, every day? Okay, try four days a week. Try four days a week. Four days a week, that's a lot. Try one. Start somewhere. Begin to draw. Jesus is so good. When you begin to taste of him and his word, you'll want to come back for more. Here's the last thing. Here, this is a big deal. You memorize 3 John 2. You, you, you find out where God wants to increase your wellness. Uh, you get a reading plan and you're on it. I promise. I promise. The Spirit's going to speak to you when you do that. He's going to ask something of you to move you towards wellness. Here's what you got to do. You ready? Do it. Who made that commercial? Just do it. Because I promise when when you start doing this, he's going to show me what he wants me to do. And every time he does, it's for my well-being. Have you been blessed by the word today? Stand to your feet with me and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for gently leading us and guiding us. Thank you for convincing us that wellness flows from a well of the word and the spirit. We surrender and we submerge to the word and the spirit. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, everybody said, again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.